Hello, friends. This is Stacking Pennies presented by Mobile One. We're going to break down all things. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Things in the Lone Star State, William Byron gets six. I repeat that, six dubs on the season, making that 24-car perennial championship favorites. I had a long day. We'll break that down. My busted my ass and rode around wound the rest of the day. That was not fun for anybody. There was a couple pit road boats and woe as well that people didn't have very much fun. And we're getting into all of that right here today on Stacking Pennies. Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're out here stacking pennies. All right, guys, welcome back to another Stacking Pennies here. I'm Corey, the joy driver of the number seven Camaro on Sunday afternoons, joined by my two friends, joined by another friend coming in studio later on in the episode for you guys, Kurt Bush. Bush is sitting down with us. You're going to get a clip of it. We're going to tease you today because on Thursday, it's going to roll out the entire interview. You do not want to miss that. So put that on your calendars to Listen to what Kurt, but we we covered all things. The outlaw. Trouble. The outlaw. I mean, he gave us some good stuff that you've never heard anywhere else. Even talked about acquiring an MJ rookie card signed. Unbelievable story. Epic stories. So, Danielle, how's it going? Good. It's good to see you all in Bristol. I mean, Texas. It was good to see you in Bristol and Texas. Both, I saw yeah. you in Bristol and Texas and both. I am all discombobulated. I don't Same. know. I had, it was a long. Dude, it was so hot. My, so your, hot. Yours along with mine and Mostly all of Ryan's brain cells are fried. Yeah, I was because it was sweltering. I was good. I was melting. You were. We were. Yeah. I was good to go. Saw you. Complete pro. Yeah, you only you work were? nine seconds at a time. Yeah, not bad either. There's a lot of people falling out. Oof. It was, was there? rough. Yeah. Falling out on pit road. Yeah, like having it. Like couldn't finish the race. Cramping up. Too many. TikTok not every. Videos. Not, listen. Not every. Not everybody's as as athletic as I am. I guess. Uh, you are the elite. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How Thirty six with you? two kids. Uh, I think the car was like 130. I've been hotter, but I was not cold by no means. I mean, the beginning of the race when the sun's shining, we had a black car. When you get in is when there's no air moving. That's like the most uncomfortable you are because you're just uncontrollably sweating. And when you get in there, you're trying to control your breathing, get your heart rate down. And then once the track starts taking some shade, it's only probably 125. So, you know. You cool have, shirt work. The cool shirt worked pretty well. It was probably flowing 90-degree water through my shirt. So that one compared to 125, it feels pretty cold. But I did go ice packs, Ziploc bags in my fire suit as well. So I was really cool shirt, ice packs, helmet blower. That's not conditioned. That's just air through a carbon monoxide filter. Still feels nice when your head's all sweaty. It's like kind of like air conditioned. Yes. uh, But I was good to go. Unfortunately, it was a, it wasn't a short day for us because we ran the whole distance, but uh, I could just get right into that. We up and down, we had a good car in practice. I didn't get a good, great lap down in qualifying, started deep, kind of floundered between 24th and 26th. We were racing you pretty hard at the beginning. Yeah. Back there. We were, well, we, 
we were right there with each other. Somehow, we caught the yellow. We stayed out. We went long. Totally. In a green flag sequence. I, was, I think I was right behind y'all. So we del- we elected to come down. You guys stayed out. No. At There was like seven laps before the stage break. Yeah. So Kosh comes out after green flag cycle because the three car yep. had an incident. Then there was like, it, it ended up being a green white checkered or a green checkered at the end of the stage. Yeah. Some guys pitted. And then some get the guy. A lot of the guys that stayed out just made their bed and yep. ran. So and you guys were able to keep that track position. We elected to not. We elected to put four tires on and work on it because our stuff wasn't great to fire. And we started making our way back. The twenty four was back there, and him and I were the first two to move to the top. And as we saw in the Xfinity race, a couple guys busted their ass. So I was being considerate of not putting a right side tire into the resin that's not activated, right? Because you can see a distinct difference if the sun's shining right on it of like something that's a, like a matte colored finish is stuff that's like open and activated. And if it's like a gloss finish, you do not want to touch it up there. So the 24 moves up and he starts making a little time. He passes a car and now we have a car in between us. I move up past that car and we're like chipping away at it, two, three spots. I'm like, okay, we're making some some headway here. The whole time in the back of your head, it's like, don't, like, give yourself a buffer. Give yourself a buffer. And I'm giving myself what I thought was, like, three feet to what would be the cushion, even though you can't see a cushion because it's just all black asphalt. And we got the video right here. We can play it. Oh, good. Uh, A little awkward. Not close call of the week. Two weeks in a row. I'm sad to say that this is Corey's Calamity of the Week. As seen on... At Stacking Pennies on Instagram. Yeah. Play the tape. Roll it. Down straight away here. Got some decent air here. Go on turn one. Open it up. Run the middle. A little bit high. Gets the right sides in the junk. And I'm off the pedal right now. And it just swaps in. Now I'm floored. Grab a gear. Trying to keep it off fence. Just a little bit of Mm. an impact. Well, right there. The right rear tire goes down. So now it's flapping, flopping in the breeze. And really no cosmetic damage until... The right rear tire comes off. So you got tight. You got got tight, tight. and then once it all transferred to the right rear, it just swapped in. Just swapped in. So relatively light hit compared to like the Kyle Busch or actually that was the first first moment that I saw. So right there. What was that flying right there? Oh, bag. I don't know. Oh, I Um, thought that was the tire. So as I rolled around, I was rolling around slow. You hear the tire flopping. You don't want to do any damage. Well, it comes apart and literally ripped off the entire right side quarter panel. Uh, And – the crush panel, you could stand on the outside of the car and see the transaxle. Like, there was literally nothing there. Oh. Yeah, so NBC that, had a great shot of it. So, at that point in time, there's just – there's really – you can't bolt anything on there anymore. You can't duct tape that massive no. hole. So, it was, like, cruel and unusual punishment for the uh, for the rest of the race uh, of, like, remembering every lap, every corner when you go in there and you're, like, on the edge of spinning out because you don't have any side force of how – much of a dumbass you were for spinning out and blowing a tire, which compounds when it's two weeks in a row, you feel like you let your team down, right? When, you know, if you're the quarterback and you throw a interception on the last drive of the game and you come around the next week and you throw an interception in the halftime, leading the halftime and it costs your team, you feel uh, double down about it. So that's how I felt. Felt like I gave up another good opportunity. So trying to, I don't know, just – clean that up because i feel like i like to hold myself more accountable than that i feel like i'm better than what i've showed the last couple weeks and my team has given me some good cars 
I don't want to give too much away. We told you Kurt's coming up later in the show. Full episode coming out on Thursday. We talked to him a little bit earlier. And I thought Flores asked him a really interesting question about what he sees in Corey. So without revealing a lot, something Kurt said, though, that he that stands out is qualifying and how well you've been qualifying. Does it really start there and would be my first question? And the second would be, do you feel like the odds are stacked against you more at a mile and a half than maybe other places? So question number one, qualifying anymore, even though we've seen some guys qualify bad and kind of make it to the front, like the 24 this weekend was mired back in traffic and just executed and was in the right spots at the right time. And those guys are just, they've got a golden horseshoe this year right now. They're, they're crushing it. Williams confident and all that. But relatively speaking, if you start with track position, it is much, much easier to hold on to that track position than it is to go try to inch your way closer to the front without doing something oddball or getting lucky on a strategy. What it also allows us to do starting closer to the front is you don't have to set your car up to be in as turbulent air, right? So you have to put more front downforce in your car the further back you start to be able to maneuver through traffic. And as you find your way in cleaner air or the closer to the front with less turbulent turbulent air, it affects your car more. So now you're looser when you're up front, even because you kind of plan to run where you start to try to maintain. So we didn't change our car much at Bristol because we started 10th and we were able to lead laps and uh, we were going to be able to, to probably finish a top 10 there fairly easily. Here, we knew we had to swing the pendulum more to the loose side to navigate traffic starting 27th. And when you get by yourself, you know, you're looking at a, a percent more nose weight or per, percent more nose percentage. And it's a looser car just because you have to plan for where you qualify. So that there's just so many little nuances that qualifying well allows you to just control your destiny, has a better pit stop, uh, pit box selection. You can set your car up for cleaner air as opposed to more turbulent air. So that's like the next step, the progression of our team. We talked about it today in our post-race uh, meetings of just like, how do we find now we're there. We just need to take the next step. We need to, to capitalize on the days we have pace and, and finish where the pace of our cars and, and where we feel like we're capable of running, which is sometimes down the top 10. A little bit different of a mindset though. You know, the mindset of as a driver maximizing a day and running, you know, 20th, like that was our goal last year when we couldn't get our cars to handle and we were just trying to get the thing to run all the, the entire race without breaking something. Now we've weathered that storm and we're getting the cars driving good. It is a different race to go try to run 15th or 10th because uh, then you're at the pointy, pointy end of the spear and you're racing playoff guys. So even though it's been two bad outcomes two weeks in a row, I am really optimistic about the trajectory of our team and the cars are giving me. So hopefully we continue that. Where's the mile and a half program at? Man, it's so subjective to the track. I mean, you are legitimately 60 thousandths of bump stop gap or, you know, two or three notches of of front sway bar or pitch sensitivity away from being really good or really And it's so fine-tuned that you can be, if you qualify and you're in the – if you're 12th, you can maintain 12th all day. Or if you miss it in qualifying, you qualify 25th and you're mired back in 25th the rest of the day. So some of the mile and a half have been our strengths mm. um, and the short tracks have been our weaknesses. So we are starting to even them out 
I feel like we're going to continue to – we have a good feel for intermediates. We've ran pretty well there. Michigan was good for us. Uh, Texas, we had some pace, so I'm excited to go to Vegas, Homestead. And then also uh, we everybody looks forward to going to Martinsville, but we haven't ran well at the, at the short tracks with this car. We just haven't figured out how to make great mechanical grip, but we're starting to – starting to figure it out so it's been nice but there's nothing i hate more than like having a rough week or two rough weeks in a row it blows like, it sucks because all you want to do is get to the next track right and then the next track's talladega so it was like and you probably feel the same way it's like eh, can't really do much to be like great right. i thought you'd be excited to go to i'm excited to go talladega. to talladega but as a picker guy like, oh, okay you can only f- it up right yeah. like you're not gonna go there you're not gonna win the race on pit road you're not gonna lose it on pit road there but like i if I have a bad race, I have a week because I'm like ready to get back to, I'm ready to get the pit practice in the morning. I'm ready to get back to the track and yeah. be like, nope, I'm fixing this. Right. Yeah. Even if it, and it gets to like, even if you know, I look at my numbers and someone's numbers are better than mine, I'm like, okay, I got to fix this. Like I got to get there. Is that, has it been too, like, is it a rough weekend? No, it's your birthday week. Oh yeah. Happy are you birthday. just like chomping hey, to get back to the racetrack? Yeah. Because you're only as good as your last race. I mean, that's just this this sport moves so fast and you know, it's what, what have you done for me lately? And lately it hasn't been very good. And I feel like my team is, is capable of much more than what we've shown and myself included, but yeah, it, it freaking eats at you because you are consumed by it. I mean, every thought that you have, every ounce of energy that you put forward, if it's away from your family is to how to drive a car faster in a circle. Even when you're with your family, it's hard to shut it off. Yeah. Like you're like uh, you're talking about. Well, should we have had two more tenths of front downforce per standard? Should we have ran, you know, P two and P three with front bar? Like you're yeah. always thinking about that. And yeah, when you are that consumed by something, you put that much emphasis and pressure and expectations on yourself, and you have a mistake that you feel like you are much more capable of doing a better job than that. It freaking eats at you until you get to put it behind you. Yeah. And you put the helmet on at Talladega and you pull the belts tight and you put it in the wind and see what it comes up. Either you're kind of good at masking it. I won't say lying about it, but like masking it or you're pretty good at putting it behind you because by like Tuesday, Wednesday, I feel like you're not. That's a learned really trait. beating yourself. That's up. a learned trait. Cause I used to carry it right. And I, I, the, the negative self-talk would just ruminate and just distract you of, you know, what got you here in the first place why you're staying here in the first place and why, you know, a team is paying you to drive a car each and every week. Right. So it's a lot of it is about what you tell yourself, what you can or can't do, because whatever you do tell yourself, you're right. And I, I gave you a guy. So my rule has become talking to some different people. My rule for myself, everybody's handles adversity different, but especially when it's a called in a way race where you're not driving home is I can sulk and I can feel bad for myself and I can tell myself how much I suck and what am I doing with my life until the plane lands in Statesville. And as soon as it lands in Statesville, it's like, okay, Texas was last week. Now we're looking at the windshield. So that's become my, wow. that's become like my thing. As soon as it touches down, it's like, okay, that was last week. You still get in the car though. Like when you get in a car for qualifying race and you pull the belts tight and then you're like, all right, mother go like like you that's how you know yourself. it's the same thing yes. it's like it's like the same thing when you like when i start a fresh race if i had a rough you know if if i cost us the race the week before and you get back on the wall and you're running top five and you're like all right yeah grow up let's well, go and yeah. it's part of being a pro right you don't yeah. show it all week but it's there right and even if you don't show it the weight's there and then it and then no matter how good you are i think at 
like dealing with it or shutting it off. It's that moment, like for him, when he, when you get in the car for qualifying or you like, you just get in the window. It's like, and it's you in the car. Oh yeah. And it's like, all right, you got to go. Let's Yep. Do you put you like get that dog in you. yeah? You put that dog music on. Do you guys have like it's DMX? Yeah, you guys <laughs> no. have like DMX in your in your <laughs> no, head you, all the way you better, up. Hey, I would that like, internal voice in your head better be DMX. Yeah, you know because there are guys that uh, you can see. I mean, there's there's guys that that freaking wears on you. And and Kurt uh, articulated it great when it comes to Bubba. You're seeing Bubba just coming to his own, racing for wins, and and he was putting himself in position to win on multiple restarts there. Bubba had always been and, and still is an emotional guy. Wears his emotions on his sleeve. But when you look at Bubba and how he's performing lately, it's not so much a self-deprecating Bubba, right? It is like a confident Bubba. He, and, you know, everybody's going to have an opinion on what he says and how he says it and the wording he uses or chooses to use. But he is confident. The cars they're giving him are fast. And, you know, he – did he say he was like the, the best restarter in the game, something like that? Like hmm. – there is a level of unbridled self-confidence that you have to have, I think. Well, he said as a one of the best restarters in the game, I botched it three times, and I'm disappointed in myself. He felt like he screwed it up. He, yeah. he put it on him. Let me, let's just clear it up. For anybody listening, we've known Bubba a long time, right? No matter what you think of Bubba, no matter what the article said that he called, right, you know, whatever they write, Bubba Wallace is and has been a really good race car driver. And he will come to your local short track and get in a car and f*** you up because he's a good race car driver. Yes. And he's in the Cup Series for a reason. Like, don't get it twisted. Bubba Wallace is not in the Cup Series for any other reason than he has excelled in everything he's been in and won. Whatever your news clips are, however you want to take that or put anything into it, Bubba Wallace will come to your racetrack in any late model you want and probably win the race or run up front. Yeah. He... Like we like we'll touch on with Kurt. Sundays are tough, and being at a being at Petty RPM when it wasn't good didn't do him much justice. But now he's got a just like you, right? If when you get into the Cup Series, it's ingrained to you that you're going to run 25th. You can almost settle into that, and then you have to have a big mind shift when you get to where it's. Joey Logano touched on it last week perfectly. I can't run 15th, right? He's made a living running in the top five. Yeah. I can't run 15th. It's a different race, right? Take somebody out of 15th and put them in a race winning position. You have to lose a couple of them before you figure out how to win them. I think that's so true. And that's okay. So this is something I thought was really interesting. By the way, everyone's talking about Bubba. Sits on the pole, career high, leads 111 yeah. laps and is pissed off because he finished third. Great. Should have been. I love that. Yeah. You know, like, I'm like, it's a problem a lot of people would want to have. It's good. Like, that's different for Bubba. But it, he was like, he said after, and it made me think of you and Chase at Atlanta last year. He said, I'm mad at myself because everything's happening so fast at the end. And I'm trying to, you know, Briscoe's there, Byron's yeah. there. Before that, the restart before it was Larson. He said, and I'm paraphrasing, but like, you're processing so fast on where to be and how they're moving and where you are and where they are. And he said, I made mental mistakes because it was all happening so fast because I'm not used to being up there. So I think he used that wording. I think it's not so much because the car is going relatively the same speed. But now when you're in contention for the win, the the move you make or don't make and it costs you the win or not is just magnified, right? If you make the move or not for ninth, nobody knows it except you. If you, if you 
open your corner up and you give William Byron the bottom and you take your own lane and you beat him off turn four, you win the race, right? So just the fact that he entered on William's right front and had him tight and he got tight and the, the 24 is able to roll him, that's the difference of four feet that cost Bubba a win versus third place. Well, and it's the second time in as many mile and a half where the two guys are racing each other for what they think is a win and the guy comes from third and puts him three wide and drives off to win the race. Like that, that's something that you have to factor in because he went toe-to-toe with the hottest race car driver in the country and Kyle Larson tried to put him in a bad spot and he put Kyle in a bad spot and Kyle backed it in the fence just five minutes before he got passed for the win. So like, okay, he's, he just went toe to toe with the baddest dude. But then again, you know, you're worried about the 14 and taking the 14s run away. The 24 come out of nowhere. Yeah. And that's why he chased. That's what he's talking about. It happened so fast. Cause like, he's not even thinking about the 24. Then he's, He's worried about door. the 14, clears the 14. Now you got the 24, try to chase him down, and then you put yourself in a bad spot. You got a bad angle for the corner, and you get beat. Yep. And that's the stuff that, like, once you process that and you win a couple, like you have to lose a couple to win a couple, it seems like. Yep. And it probably doesn't help. I didn't even think of this. You said it. The last one that was able to do it was his teammate. Yeah. Now you're not so, thinking about that in the moment. No, yeah. of course. No, no, of course not. But – the more you're up front, the more you're in those positions. I mean, in hindsight, as a driver, is the only thing you can do. I've heard Brad say this at Talladega. Whether he wins or loses it, he just goes back and studies a load of film. Yeah. Because he's like, if I'm in that same spot again, I need to learn from my mistake. And I mean, SMT. Is that, yeah. A yep. ton of SMT. Throttle traces. We, yep. Wheel input. What you do different to take that guy's run away. Yep. Car placement. Te- dude, he textbooked. Like, it was textbook what he did to Larson because Larson – like hook line sinker ran him up the track, uh-huh. took the line the away, weeds. gonna drive off the bottom and drive away, and Bubba said no, sir. Yeah, and it was, I mean, it was awesome. It, well, if it was if Larson, was, if Larson is because his right front wasn't quite to Bubba's left front, it was in his door. If it was able to, if that's the difference, if his if his tire is another tire width up, he has almost control over Bubba's car. And the Bubba fact, drove it in next to him, like yeah. he said. I guess I was listening to Gluck, and he said like he listened. Like you're, like you listen, and they both drove in there and like, oh shit, it's stuck. Yeah, you know, and Larson's didn't. Uh huh. And that's, yeah, that's that's uh, all she wrote. But unfortunately, how did Cliff for Daniels him, feel after that one? Kyle, you cannot wreck the car. I don't, I don't know. Dude, this like, car was so <laughs> blazing fast, dude. Yeah, they do. They had a, they had a super fast no, car, feel, but that's why this, that's why this playoff is like so intriguing because now Kyle's going to a track wild card, and and, and their teammate, right? Talking about teammates, William Byron. Average running position is 13th all day. Yeah. And then they steal another one. Yeah. Where was that guy most of the day? Like Lurking in the weeds. Yeah. And Billy the guy Beard. who ran second, right? They were pitted right in front of us. Unreal. They were running dead ass last because they, 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 <laughs> they, they were. were. They like, were. Like, couldn't yeah. get any further back because they had a problem with their throttle positioning sensor yeah. on pit road, which I don't understand that, but that's that's Oh, Ross? Yeah. yeah. And he comes and finishes. I'm like, where did they finish? Oh, these how did you finish second? Yeah. yeah. So it's just those guys fall forward, man. They uh they continue to put themselves solid, they quietly good finishes, and that's what it's gonna take to get at least the round of eight. And then he's gonna have to figure out to how to get creative and do a hail melon because they took that off the table. Yeah. Who knows what he's gonna pull out next? But they Dude. pulled out the big hats this week. Yeah, yeah they I did. loved seeing Rick in that freaking big hat. Rick Hendrick wore a big hat. Dude. Never that thought I'd see the day. Me up. That was good. You know, he, in his pressed white shirt. So sweet. It was hot as shit out. He day. didn't even <laughs> look like he had a bead of sweat on him. How? I know. The only one out there looked like he was in a cool, he was cool fall day. Fresh as a daisy. Yeah. 
300 dubs. 300 will do that to you. Yeesh. Congratulations to uh, the engine shop. Congratulations to Hendrick Motorsports. That is quite an impressive mark. It's going to be a party. Dude. Rick's going to pull out all the stops for this one. Those guys, I mean, I'm not like, I don't like forecasting it in the playoffs, but when you look at what they did here. 41 right, playoff points. They go into a round where they've they've won at Homestead, where they've won at, what's the other track in the round of three? Obviously, Martinsville. You're going to Martinsville in a Hendrick car and Vegas. They've won at Vegas, right? So, like, you've pretty much just clear-cut your path to the final to the round of four at the racetrack you won at to start the season. That's dangerous to give Rudy Fugel two weeks off to work on a Vegas car. And home homestead, homestead, and a homestead car Phoenix and a Phoenix car. Martinsville. Yeah. Like, well, they've hang been on good. Second, hang on. It's not like Hendrick is gonna get behind or more ahead. They're already probably working on the Phoenix car right now. Right. It does, yeah, like, but still yeah. like it's a it's important. No, but that's what Rudy said. He was like I'm not – you guys can call it what you want. He's like, all I know is I got two weeks to work on Vegas. And I'm two like, weeks Ooh. to not have – like, yeah. sleep good at night. Yeah. Yeah, go to, go to Talladega and sleep Man like a baby. Man feels good about it. Because Cliff Daniels ain't sleeping good at night. No. Like, I wouldn't be if I'm three to the good after the year they've had going to Talladega where Kyle Larson – like, if there's any – if there's kryptonite for Superman, that's the place for him. Speedways for Don't sure. Don't love it. And then you go to the Roval where it's just back well, to stage breaks yeah. and – who knows? Yeah, do you take the do you take the stage points? Do you do you give up track position? Who knows? Seeing the roll will not be good to Kyle Larson. Remember when he was wrecked? <laughs> Come around, oh, drove right in the fence. Electric. Yeah. How do you ride? I don't know. Larry Mack was talking about this. He's like, I'm laying back, staying out of trouble. Pounce when Can't it counts. Do it. And it was interesting because counts when it counts anymore because it counts from the drop of the wreck. Stage points. Reddick said something interesting though because they asked him about it and he's like, if I don't get those points. Someone else will. And I thought it's a perfect way to look at it. Yeah. If we go there this weekend and win both stages, 20 points and finish fifth, it's a huge points day. Yeah. Right? And then it puts somebody that's out of the cut line up for it. And you know, like, stage points are so big. It's, like, so huge. So you can't you can't ride in the back. It's like, that's you can't do it. It's not even an option. You don't think Denny will do it? He can't. That's He's been like, like if his there's new somebody MO. that can, it's him. Yeah. Because he has so many points. Yeah. But still, I like, feel like he will. Yeah, he, it's fine unless he gets caught up in a wreck at the end and they leave there with eight points on the day because there's 20 points up for grabs. And like you said at Bristol, right, you got stage points at both stages. And it's like you finished 15th, but yeah. you had a tough day. Like stage points are key to advancing. And you can't overlook that no matter if you're at Talladega, anywhere you go. You almost look at it as three separate races yeah. at some point. Whew. My heart's beating already thinking about it. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, take our day, right? If we don't – if Hassler doesn't get, like, make some calls and get stage points, it's a complete wash. Yeah. Because we speed on the last pit stop, and then you get wrecked, and you finish yeah. you Dead know, last. In, the, in the trunk. But we had, I don't know, 12 playoff points – or 12 stage points from the day. So, it, okay, it's like we finished. I hated that for y'all. or something, yeah. You, you had a both. really good day going. You and me both. How did Ryan react? Because it was fifth, dude. They give you five. So it was what, 45? They give you five? He was at 50.02. That's what told him before the race. It's always that. It's always that. You're you're not going to speed by 53 miles an hour, right? right? It's always going to be, if you're bumping your lights, it's going to be 50.01. I have been been 50.01 or .01. If I've sped in my life 20 times, 18 of them has been have been less than point zero two. Like it's not like you missed it completely. That's just how it is. It's a gut. Pun- it's it a gut punch for a whole team, right? Because uh, you're yeah, making, dude. like,
like we're making chicken soup out of chicken scratch and it's like you have a car that qualified 23rd and you somehow get it some stage points in the first stage and then you're stay out you lead some laps you bleed to fourth you're gonna finish top five right we're in front of the 24 all day Hester calls a great race he really did and it's just like like i don't even think we have a good day on pit road execute and then you don't even think about it and they're like just called you too fast and everyone's like you could just see the, the life wind. drain out of everybody in the pit box like oh and then it's wrecked and yeah. you're like yeah that's how it goes but that's that's the ups and downs of the sport that's the whoa that's the, yeah that was a whoa that was a big whoa that was uh a, not um, quite the biggest whoa though there was a lot of woes uh the three had the biggest whoa mm. <sighs> just rcr yeah. in general the eight yeah three car three had a whoa. and the eight do we want to get into it sure should we go to it right after the break I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Do your pennies stretch as far as they used to? Most likely it doesn't. Here's why. It took 200 years for the U.S. to print its first $5 trillion. Today, Washington has done that in just three years. The problem, every new dollar makes each one of your dollars worth less, robbing you and every other hardworking American. But you can stop this cycle of robbery by diversifying your IRA or 401k into gold, an asset that has stood the test of time. Our new sponsor, Birch Gold Group, has helped tens of thousands of Americans protect their retirement savings with physical precious metals. Now you can too. Get a free info kit on gold right now by texting the word Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, to 989-898. With an A-plus rating, with the BBB, you're in good hands with Birch Gold. So get your free info kit by texting Corey to the number 989-898. Go check them out. Put some pennies in some gold. We are back with some pit road boats. And whoa, it was the biggest whoa of the week on that three car. And the 51. Yeah, but the three is like, that was first, right? The three happened first. And so the that one's usually the more exciting one because it happens first. Well, if you if your wheel falls off second, your crash is like not quite as exciting. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, the storyline there is that they just switched that pit crew, right? That, those guys were the eight car two weeks ago. And the three car, Paul Swan and the boys, they, they're a solid team, man. They're, 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 they got put in, on the A car in the playoffs for a reason. And, man, I saw a lot of – there was a lot of pit road didn't mistakes. Say, didn't you say you saw the lug nut come off? No. 
we were on pit road and trevor apsey said somebody's nut just bounced into the grass and i said we're <laughs> gonna find out whose it was pretty quick usually the car follows and they said caution caution three car lost the wheel i said it was the three <laughs> <laughs> so that's how that went so the, the so the the lug nut rolled into like the ball uh, well, field grass it fell and so like it it went into the grass which i don't know like it fell off on pit i don't know if it was theirs but usually when you see a nut like do that, there's something going on so, when it falls that way. Cause they'll fall off and go down pit road, but like they usually don't turn out and go off into the grass like that. So I was like, huh. And with the way that the threes fell off, like you could tell that it fell into the fender well, cut the tire mm. and then it wait, cause it'll get stuck up, especially at a track like Texas where the rear yeah. ride heights are real low. Like the, the wheel will fall off, but it'll fall up. It, it won't come out yeah. until it gets cut by the rotor or the fender or whatever's in there. Yeah. And then once it gets cut, it'll cut the wheel in half yep. on like the brake caliper, then get a flat and then everything will come out together. Yeah. So AD hits driver's side, right? That doesn't feel good. And said something like, unbelievable. How come no one let me know? But would anybody have known? I can't prior believe he to didn't him? hear. I can't believe he didn't feel it. Uh, I'll take up for the driver in this one. When the tire, when it falls up in the fender, I had a tire fall off first Phoenix last year. And, and the I right had front though, wasn't it? The right front. I had no inclination. Really? No, like no tire vibration. So I think because with the previous car, you had five lugs. So it would constantly chatter like, but this one just stays since it's. If well, the, on the right side is like, is pushing onto the car as a car goes like the. Right. So I don't. I don't know how any of that works, but I, I just don't like I, I'd have to like study their film to understand what happened. But for as long as it, it ran a couple laps and I don't know what their, you know, kind of what their video process is or how they tell if they're nuts or tight. But you should you should be able to tell. But you never know. Like it was really hot. And what happens when it's really hot out a lot of times is those GoPros that are on their helmets, like on our helmets overheat and it'll lock right up. And you have to like reboot it and then cool it down before you can plug it in. And in that span of time, like You're it's right. off. Yeah. So, but is it etiquette that if you guys miss it or something might be wrong, you proper etiquette is immediately let someone know so the driver can avoid situational. What but yeah, if you have like if I ever have something, I'm like, let's watch it, or I'm like, red flag, something's bad. But if the car leaves and I don't feel great about it, I'm like, let's hey, right quick, like. I'll go up there and like, cause I knew when I turned my helmet camera on. Right. So I know how much there is that I have to skip. I'll just like take the mouse. Like, come here, slow this down. Okay. I'm good. Or bring them back. Right now. I don't know how everybody navigates that on pit road. It's, it's a little bit different for everyone, but yeah, it's tough, you know, to see it's, it's something that still happens. And like, I don't know if the heat, cause the first thing that happens when it's really hot, and you're dehydrated, and not to mention, like, a lot of guys fly in Sunday morning, right? So, it's a great fall day in North Carolina. Get on the plane, you land in Texas, and you're like, oh, no. Yeah, you got a hair blower. Oh, no. Right? So, But I don't know, like, if the heat, from what I understand, when you're dehydrated, the first thing that goes is just mental capacity. Sharpness. Right? Yeah. And I don't know if that bred a lot of the mistakes that we saw in pit road yesterday, because there was a plethora. I mean, that was lap 42, though. That one's a little harder to I mean to stomach for sure. 
But I mean, to be fair, you were melting at the national anthem, so yeah, it's not I was like good. you know. I felt good. It was, you it did? Was yeah, I felt good. Ugh. I was ready. Like I, I hydrated. I saw what was going to happen. Here's what they say: you don't have to get ready if you stay ready. That's it. That's it. Stayed ready. You know who else stayed ready? Who? The boys that have been putting themselves in contention every week. The dogs of the week. Who are the dogs of they the week? They put their guy in position to win the race again. Who is it? Five car. Cliff Daniels, their leader. <laughs> their fearless leader. It's me, Cliff, from kickball. Who are yeah. they? Blaine Anderson, front tire changer. Dog. RJ Barnett, tire carrier. Yep, dog. Calvin Teague, rear changer. Dog. Brandon Johnson, Jackman. Also a dog. And the gas man. Gas dog. Dude, he's a racer. Brandon Harder. What's he race? He, I worked with him at Pistones 15 years ago. Oh. Yeah, he's been around. He's he's one of the he's one of the remaining guys that can work on the race car and, and pit it as well. I feel like RJ and Useful Calvin dog. have been there for a long time. RJ and Calvin have won a lot of races. Long time. They're oh, old, yeah. old school dogs. Yeah, Shout Calvin's out got to the them flow. dogs. Calvin's got the flow going. Uh, they got to be on it, though, the next couple weeks, buddy. They got to get that five to the next round. And they have been. They can lay down eights when they need to. They keep Kyle. Like, it's one thing, okay, to – to set the world record fastest pit stop and, and be P1 on Dartfish when you're not, or be P1 on average when you're not in the playoffs. But the heat of the playoffs is real. And those guys, each and every week, they remind me of the 48 team. You know, yes. they they are just there yep. constantly. They're fast when they need to be. They put Kyle in position. They don't take him out of the race. And RJ may have been on the 48. RJ was on the 48 yeah. and Calvin. Yeah. Like they've that's they've won championships with, yeah. with Jimmy. So, yeah, those guys, um, and they won championship with Kyle. You know, they, yeah. they did the fastest ever five looking at pit stop. They're, they're guys that are just, I mean, they're, they're old school dogs at this point. Old school dogs. And, uh, still getting but, it done. But getting it done. And that team, man, from top to bottom is strong. And even when you look at the road crew, like Jesse Saunders, Caesar. It's a strong group, dude. It's, it's a strong group. That Cliff Daniels has behind him over there, and it shows those guys are championship bunch. And yeah. we, we gave, and we may have gave Cliff Daniels his leadership qualities. I, I think, think so. he learned them right there on, on the, the pitch, on the kickball gridiron, on the pitch. I think he'd That's give. Where, it's not not us. I think he'd give you full right? zero like, credit. Well, we, we don't get zero credit. We should at least get ten no, percent. If Chad think, gets ninety. No. Kickball gets ten percent. I think he disagreed. Cliff introduced my wife, but I he was really not nice to me at Bristol. I don't know if it's even him anymore. I think he might be it's called game I think day he might focus, be Chad dude. Daniels now. Yeah. He's a lot he's Chad more Daniels. like Chad Daniels. <laughs> but Cliff you, what, what are you talking about about me on your podcast? <laughs> Does he say that? How much hair gel did you put in today? Yeah, all the time. I've known Cliff since we were fifteen years old. <laughs> he's yep. focused, man. Okay, he's I would got I would hire you just on. to fire you. <laughs> he told me that one time. I would hire you. Just a far you. I said, I got kids, man. <laughs> what the hell are we doing? I only so. worked here for 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever. Hey, whatever, say Cliff. What Cliff's a dog. Yeah. Robotic dog. How about, he's the, like how a, about another He's like a Doberman. They had like real AI robots down there. It was. No, they were real people. Yeah, well. With what, AI with, stuff on. Yeah. And I, it took me a minute. They had AI stuff freaky. on? Like, like, like a weird the level like of a, makeup was like blended yes. in. They all shaved for it. Like oh, they it shaved was, their head. Wait they all had like I don't like this. Out, it's, I'm so it was you. actual people dressed up as robots yes. or robots dressed as actual people? No, no. Well, the movie they're trying to promote is the creator. I guess about ro- robots. 
of all we've all seen robots movie and how they end but they had real people shave their heads they yeah. had like these things on their ears that made yes. them look like they were they had them at the nba game yeah okay i thought those were actual game, robots the char- no they're real people they look like that act like robots yeah it was mm-hmm. freaky well here was real woes as well with the gibbs camp where the 54 drove an 11 on pit road Did you see that i was Ooh. trying to wonder oh i was goodness. wondering why the 11 just drove straight out in the traffic like that well i don't know you're gonna put f- that on the 11 I I only watched it maybe half time, like like half a time, and just breezing through it. But it looked like the eleven turned way out. Now I don't know if he was trying to miss somebody's. I think carrier. there was some maybe somebody in front of him, but it was it was aggressive, and the fifty four was on two. So like the way that it all worked out, the fifty four it probably caught them off guard that they were leaving. But yeah, it, it broke the fifty four's toe link, took them out of the race. Yeah. Now. Thank God he hit him in the door and not two foot further back because that could have broke their their toe link. And then that would have been a woe link. That big a, time woe, woe link. link. That would have That'd not be been great. So, that, so when I say it's on the 11, it's not on Denny. Denny doesn't clear himself out of the pit box. That's on the crew chief. Typical driver. Where you don't look, you're kidding, not looking in kidding. your mirror. <laughs> you are tr- the, your intention as a driver, when they drop the jack and your crew chief says go, clear one lane, you feel like you have a lane to go around the whoever it is in front of you and you're cranked all the way to the right trying to get wheel spin to like pitch the car around so i don't i didn't go back and really look at it but if jace if elliott clear water tight, snake oh he'd have been fired up <laughs> golly that a rough good, meeting good thing he didn't pull out some of the front of that guy thought kyle arson was bad yeah golly <laughs> and suarez spun getting the pit road was it easy to was it easy to I get a shape flag stop not one. No. Okay. So I, I guess you're right. I guess it happened so fast that Ty didn't probably have time to react either. But after, no, I don't think you do because you're looking at your lights at that point too. Looking, like that's what I figured. He was looking down. It's in your A post too, right? From yeah. as he was rolling up. It's if you don't see the car in whatever box it is, you're not like you're not looking at those cars you kind of are of like who drops her jack and who's pulling out but i think just the timing of it where the 11 was in relation to ty's a post ty's probably looking at his lights and next thing you know he looks up and the 11 cars broadside yeah. to him and drives right in his door i don't care if it's a pit stop or just on pit road but it has been the achilles heel for gibbs another bad week for the 20 crew well, I they, had a, about- they had a left side leak down on the yeah. 20 i don't and i heard that jordan bianchi kind of talking about the 19 i guess that they got put behind on a pit stop and then got spun out after the stage break. It was break. a 15-second stop. Mm, that's easy to do. It's hard, right? And, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, but, yeah, I mean. It, it, Truex called it a long, miserable day and said, whatever's happening right now on our team, we need to fix it. He's yeah. pissed. Yeah, rightfully All so. All the playoff points that he got to start this round, yeah. again, gone. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's up ni- Is he up 19, I thought I saw? Yeah. I don't know. I think he's up 19. He's not as far up as he was. Yeah, because yeah. he came in with, what, 36? But he's another one like Larson that's got to be nervous going to Talladega because yeah. I think one like one top 10 in the last seven years there, like it's just not no. not his cup of tea there. But that being said, Kyle Busch won this race last year, and he's not like a notable super speedway guy. Right. I mean, I think he the was for a while, but like our first race this year, like anybody can win this race. But if we're going, you know, just for – podcast purposes the five and the 19 i would be worried um being those two you imagine sure. if the five and the 19 get bounced in the round of 12 and be down with it you'd be down with i'd that. be down with that it's if, two yeah. two big dogs that make That's room for the 12 big dogs on the porch <laughs> yeah. yeah watch the other dogs yeah. run around in the yard <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> it's going to be exciting, especially at the Roval. Roval always delivers, I, I think, it, especially yeah. introducing stage breaks. It's going to get wild. This weekend, man, is the, is the, the old line. When I go to any super speedway, it's all the guys the same thing. You're not going to win it on pit road, but you can sure as hell lose it here. Mm-hmm. So, going to sit back and watch Conklin sling the gas can around. That's it. And uh, trying to get that negative plug time. Get right it, side take tires. it right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you are going to be stretching the fuel game to every last drop to try to make sure your car is in the top four or five. Try to get in the first two rows when that last caution's out to make yourself push to win. Appreciate I think you pushing us. Ain't happening, dog. Um, <laughs> You guys are going to have enough help. Listen, wait a minute. You got got Uh -uh, four cars uh, of Penske just (laughs) all trying to push yours. You owe me. You're just not even talking. Because I missed out on some bonus money because what happened in Bristol with the 22 car. So at least you could do is push to 12. Thanks. You know there's (laughs) there's a meeting at Penske happening. I'm going to ask Bolins about it, your boy. I love Bolins. I asked Bolins today how his radio show was. We do it on Wednesdays. There's three million years. You're a co-host and I'm a guest. He's the best. It's the best 15 minutes of my week. Shout out to the bull. Had the had the twenty one up in the top ten. Yeah, he did. Shout out to the bull. It was good until it wasn't. Final run there. Fell back a little bit. But yeah, you'll have um that. Penske guys have to be thinking Get the twelve two, in. Push them. Yeah. And the twelve is usually a lightning rod every super scooter. Yeah. That thing's so fast. The yellow blur. He'll definitely so call be car. He'll definitely be out front. Um and, and just Y'all are my pick. Fords were I Let's believe go. eight of the top ten in qualifying at Daytona, and they just controlled the entire race. So I would imagine the objective is to try to get that 12 car. Or R- is this the time? I mean, RFK? This could be it. I mean, hey, one, two at Daytona. They know yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. So it that's where that's what I love Fords. So no, no offense. I love Fords at Speedways. I should have brought that have. Bronco this weekend. Dude. I saw one today. But you that's, did? A, yeah, that's another story for a different time. Nice Bronco. Though. Love an old school Bronco. And that's all the boats and woes we have. This is a clip of the Kurt Busch sit-down interview we did. Full version is going to be dropping on Thursday, and you do not want to miss it. But listen to the three questions that turned into five bonus questions for you right here on Stacking Pins. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For me, race day is a great reason to shut down the laptop, put the phone on silent, and simply enjoy the driving. But Mobile One wants to remind you that you can get that same kind of escape any day of the week. How? by simply hopping in your car, rolling the windows down, and hitting the road. No emails, no calls, no work, just freedom. Mobile One, for the love of driving. Well, you've been so gracious with your time. Before I let you go, there's three questions that I ask every guest, my friend, and you're a special one, so you get all three. Oh, nice. 
You got to pick one car and one racetrack to race at the rest of your life. What do you go with? I would say me and my pops' legend car at the Bull Ring in Vegas. Yeah. Let's go back home and kick butt on all the kids that are coming up through the ranks. Oh, dude. <laughs> that, that would be, like the old, like the, the metal bodied ones? Uh, ours was fiberglass, but okay. the, the dwarf ones were the metal ones. Okay. But, yeah, that, but mine was an original legend car from the Legends race. Uh, Elmo Langley wrecked it. And Holy we, we bought it for like a third of the price. Love that. Yeah. Some history in that one. Do you have it still? Still have it. Where's it at? It's in my shop here in Mooresville, North Carolina. That's cool. <clears throat> Question number two. Two. What is the most embarrassed you've been at the racetrack? The whole Indianapolis thing with Jimmy Spencer. Like, mm. when he wrecked me, he knows he wrecked me on purpose. He knows it. I never wrecked him. I only moved him. You were just trying to rattle his cage. Like, <laughs> I know I did. <laughs> I got under his skin so bad. But when I got out of the car at Indy, after I'd wrecked and I'm patting my rear end in short track racing. That means you go, go to the, the back. back. Yeah. You go to the back. You wreck that guy. You go to the back. Yeah. 99.9% .9 of America thought know was kiss my rear end. Yeah. And I'm like, no, that's not the way it went. And nobody wanted to take in the, the proper truth of the story. Mm. The real ones knew. I knew exactly what it meant from racing quarter midgets. I'm yeah. Like, you you go, go to the back, tail. Go to the back. But 99.9 .9 of America doesn't know that. So how did that situation with Jimmy did it fester? Did it go away? Did did you guys have a conversation? Like that was it a, I that think was it festered. That yeah, was it festered. That was an infamous NASCAR yeah. rivalry between you. Yeah, and, and like 03 at Michigan, you know, we were rubbing fenders and all that. And then, of course, NASCAR takes my radio chatter and plays it for their team to hear. And then he wants to jump in my window and punch me before I can get out, which did happen. He was suspended. Crowd was all on his side. Uh -huh. it, was, it was pretty big for a while. And then we ended up at a dinner in Michigan one time, random media type dinner. And was we're he like, still, was he we're still all active? just like, cool, man. Was he still active when y'all saw each other? No, he was okay. not. Oh. But we was all like, cool, we're all good now. So time is all water things. under the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was happy with the way it worked out because it helped me become a, a stronger racer in the beginning. He taught me how to be tougher. Yeah. Jimmy Spencer did. Spencer, yeah. yeah. That, that is a pretty cool question. <laughs> question number three. So we talked about feathers in your cap, but if you had to, of the plethora of memories that you've made in this sport, right, good ones, bad ones, and different ones, if you've got to keep one and lose everything else, what memory do you keep? Wow. Well, that's big. There's things I'm thinking of with my little brother, and I might get emotional on this. I'm going to try not to, but when he broke his leg at Daytona and he came back up and – his first win back was at Sonoma, and I got second that day. Um, I was like, I had a way faster car. I knew I could chase him down, and yet there was something that just said, hold up, Kurt. He needs this to help advance. And, of course, I went for the win, but it was like there was something that this is my bro. He's been through a tough time, and he ended up winning the championship that year. Yeah. And I think I helped uh, kind of just catapult him back so that, up to the top. That's the one. That's I mean, freaking, he had to learn yeah. to walk again, right? I mean, yeah. the journey for yeah. him that you probably witnessed. And Brexton was born that summer. I mean, it, there was a lot that we went through that summer as a family. Yeah. yeah. Didn't you win in the bush car? And when he started the bush team too, did you win Richmond in his bush car? Yeah. Yes. I remember I remember that just like felt special at the time that you were driving his car and they – Well, because that team struggled. And that struggled. was the only win uh, that KBM had in the Xfinity Series. Still the only win. I know. So yeah. I won in Kyle's car, and he never did. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How was that? Maybe mean? that's a moment yeah. that, we, that I take away. <laughs> man, that, that's a great moment, man. So I was going to add, add a fourth question, 
and I'm gonna I'm gonna roll this over. So I don't know if you know the meaning of stacking pennies, but you've known me long enough. So the stacking pennies comes from we talked about it a little bit with Bubba and just like the emotional toll the sport takes on you. So when I first started my cup career, I was just depleted, right? Lower team, you're getting knocked down, stuff's falling off, you're hitting the fence, you're trying too hard. And I got to where I just hated showing up to work. The the my dream job I want to do all my life, I hated it. I didn't want to show up. Was so discouraged. Started seeing a sports psychologist. So we started figuring out what these pennies were, these insignificant goals that you could achieve throughout the course of the weekend uh, to keep get yourself back motivated when your confidence is down and you're questioning your abilities. And that was legitimately the stack and pennies moniker is kind of what changed the trajectory of my life in a lot of ways. So how in your ways in your life did you stack pennies and what pennies were there? Yeah, I can see how this has been the right thing for you. And you've put the effort in to find that, that rhythm and things that would add up over time. Yep. And to find wins without winning. Yep. Those are those moments. You don't have to take the checker flag. Yep. Uh, it's, it's to, there's a bad pit stop and you're the last car off of pit road and there's 30 to go and you come back and finish 11th. That's a win. Yeah. You can't be mad at the team. You just work on building another stack and moving it forward. I mean, this story is a tough one, but I'll try to make it short. I won Sonoma in 2011 with Penske. I'm in victory lane. Everybody's celebrating. Everything's going bonkers and crazy. And I have this gas card from Shell. And if you have this gas card, you get 22 cents a gallon off. And it's on Wednesdays. I didn't say that in victory lane. I said, you get this gas card, you get 22 cents a gallon off. Oh, Right? Because we're all celebrating. <laughs> so uh, now there's a national gas crisis. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Because everybody's at the Shell station all days of the week, fueling up, wanting their twenty-two cents a gallon off, not knowing they even need the card, not knowing it's supposed to be on Wednesday. I get a call from Roger Penske. Hey, we're gonna have to send you back to media training. You messed up on on the delivery. Then I get a phone call from NASCAR. Hey, you can't ever have that gas saver card in Victory Lane anymore it's because mm. it's Sunoco's Victory Lane. Oh. I'm like, wow, this is super exciting. We win a race. Right. Get yeah. I'm getting yelled at by NASCAR, <laughs> by Roger, and now I got to go back to media training. That's when I started to lose it. That's yeah. when I was having – I didn't like going to work. I didn't like going to the racetrack. We were a playoff team that yeah. year. We won Dover in the playoffs. Yeah. And we somehow still managed to finish 11th in points. And that's that's – what really took me down. So, so then you go to Finches, right? And and there was a little bit of a, a water, there's a watershed there. You could have went one way or the other. Mm -hmm. But started stacking pennies. Yeah. And, and what were those when you're at a, a mid-tier team that got you back to winning races and contending for championships? It was a lead lap finish. That was a that was a win. Mm. That was a penny. Yeah. It was a top 10 at Talladega. Yeah. It was almost winning Sonoma. It was, yeah, then you take some back like we wrecked at Charlotte. That was a tough one. But yeah. That, that moment yeah. all the way back up. But winning Sonoma in 2011 was about one of those moments of, <laughs> the hell is all this about? Uh, yeah. Finch is when you guys won that Bush race with the country time car, right? With the orange. Mainstream. It was like the yeah. same team. It was like Nick and all the same guys would work on the Bush car and the cup car. Yeah. And when you guys won that Bush <laughs> race, I'm like, there's a chance these guys don't show up tomorrow. Because them boys ran hard. Them boys ran I remember hard. sitting there watching you do burnouts like, whew, it's going to be a rough night somewhere. Now, Godspeed, Nick Harrison, too. My man was a racer of all racers, too. Oh, yeah. For well, sure. That man, whole group. Kurt, we can't thank you enough for, for stopping in here. I got, I got a quick question. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna intercept this here. You got another bonus question. No. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, Five questions. It's, it's for more you. for me and Danielle. What 
as Corey's starting to run better here, right, and he, he's gotten heat through his career, what no, I'm ad, rooting for as him. what advice do you give him where he's at in his career and where he's going? The way that you're putting together those qualifying efforts and the way that there's those lead lap finishes stacking up and your name with the show and the driving and your all these categories, right? You've learned to compartmentalize the different hats that you need to wear. And how old are you now? You're about 32. 32. Turned to yesterday. So, so, yeah, that's that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, thanks, though. On it. <laughs> I can feel it. There. Nailed it. It's, it's that next step. And it's knowing how to get there, which nobody ever really knows. But if you continue to do all the steps underneath you at that top 1% level, then that next step will unfold for you. And then you go and conquer it. That's right. On to the next level. That's right. Kurt, appreciate you yes, so sir. much, buddy. Thanks for yeah. coming in the studio Good today. Good to see you. We Good are so honored again. to yeah, have you, you here. Thank you. This appreciate was really special. Thank you, Kurt guys. Bush, ladies and gentlemen. Hope y'all enjoyed it. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Oh my gosh, that was only a sneak peek of the greatness that Kurt Busch brought us. We went, what, 45, 50, almost an hour. Could have went all day. Yeah, it was really good stuff. So a little sneak peek there, the rest dropping on Thursday. Look out for that at Stacking Pennies. Time now for Penny for Your Thoughts. I love this first question, Corey, at Doer42. Hey, Corey, I love that you hold Jimmy Johnson so high. Of all of its accomplishments, what's the most impressive? Seven, five in a row, 83 wins, 10 wins in 07. What do you think? Yes. <laughs> all of that? I mean. Good answer. Seven's unprecedented, especially in the modern era. Now, I'm not going to get into the debate. Um, of that, but I think with the playoff structure the way it was, the consistency of how they were, seven over the in the era in which Jimmy did it, of the guys and the quality of drivers he beat, the closeness of competition at that point in time was more than any other time besides now in NASCAR. Seven total, but five in a row is, is unbelievable. 83 wins total is uh, so impressive. But, you know, out of all of that, the, the accomplishments are one thing. I think Jimmy Johnson sets the bar so – he set the bar so much higher of what uh, it takes to be a professional off the racetrack. Uh, he was the first guy to take fitness serious. There was a bunch of fat guys driving race cars until Jimmy Johnson showed up and started running marathons. Now, everybody, like, there's no fat drivers anymore. Like Everyone got a bike when Jimmy Johnson was here. Everybody starts wearing tights Dale and Jr. riding Dale Jr. is wearing bike. spandex. He changed the game. You're right. He changed the game. So – because when you're getting your ass beat by this guy's waking up at five o'clock, drinking protein shakes, not I going out all night. I think some of that was a mental mind game. I mean, I think he did it for himself, but I think he wanted y'all to be opening the curtains in the DO lot and you see him coming back from like a five mile run and you're still in bed. That's a mind f That is. Like mm. this guy wants him way Jim, more than that. Yeah. I, I think Jimmy was like, yeah. Latart tells a good story. He said they were going down a homestead of test. And it was Dale. They're all in the playoffs. And there was a work test, and all the all the Hendrick guys are getting ready to go to the racetrack. And it's like 
6 a.m. in the morning, and they got the entire 88 team. And, you know, Stevie just got done telling Dale, that, you know, he doesn't have to be at the track till you know, 9, 30, 10 o'clock. And they're in their van by the roller racetrack, and Jimmy's come back pouring sweat. He just got done with, like, a 20-mile jog warming up for his marathon. And Latart's like, we're going to be in, we're gonna be in trouble. We're going to be in trouble here when we come back. <laughs> oh, man. That, that's how he was, though. I mean. He was a goat. Goat. Derek Sellers, do you think too much data conflicts with driver's natural instinct? What's the most useful in preparation for a race? Appreciate you, dogs. It's a great question. Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, for example, I, I read an article this week that, you know, Justin Fields is under a lot of lot of heat starting a year tough for the Bears, right? And that's, he even said, he's like, I've got way too much data of probabilities and I should sh- throw it to this check down or that. He's like, I'm thinking about more about the data than I am just playing ball. And I felt like that when I drove the nine, right? I, I saw more data in three days than I even knew existed when it come to driving a race car. So I was thinking about more, you know, you look at all William, William Byron's da- data and you look at all your comparison data and you look at car setup data. And I was thinking about how to drive more like William Byron and thinking about how much different my car is than Ross Chastain's. Then you just forget to drive the car fluid. And, and um, just by drinking out of that fire hose for three days, uh, you just couldn't, you couldn't send it. Right. Cause there was just, I was stiff. And so there's certainly a lot of things, especially with SMT and the amount of data that you can go dive into to try to actually learn things to get better is endless. And you have to figure out your own balance of what you can take, what you can chew on and what you can digest and actually apply it. Well, dude, racing in general is just, is just split second, high level decision-making. Right, that's it. Like, there's not, there's no physical talent that makes you a better race car driver than somebody else. Yeah. And mental fatigue is a very real thing. That is like, I mean, we know more about it now than we ever have in sports. And Processing I think, speed. It, and that's that's it, right? It's like, if you ever tried to do zoom on a Microsoft Surface, right? The processor's just not fast enough, and eventually it just slows down. And that's, I mean, that's a real thing. Like, I think that's one thing with me on the like on the picker side is like now I really guard what conversations I'm in especially when it comes to like there's some guys that like need to feel like they're on the cutting edge of like stuff that goes on the gun or knee pads or shoes and I'm like yeah that not me like give me that stuff I'm gonna focus on my pull and this and like on different stuff but there's other guys that need that that feel like they're that gives them confidence so I and we touch on it with Denny Right, I think Denny might have lost Kansas because he had too much information and thought too much about the five car instead of himself. And that he's got the most information out of anybody. He obviously processes it really well. But yeah, mental. Is that fatigue. what the board is with the red dots and the green dots, that's and you're following synaptic dots. board? That, yeah. that just is that trains processing? your yeah, that's peripheral vision and reaction time and things like that. But uh, we've talked about it here before, of like, and and he just kind of talked about it, of like racing is a is a balance between subconscious and consciousness of like you drive the car and you feel the tires subconsciously right just from doing it reps after reps and laps after laps and different racetracks the feedback the car's giving you you're not thinking about that right is it is it is it am i on the right verge of right rear grip is the thing gonna turn you just are doing that as instinct you're also consciously thinking about okay where do i need to position my car to be out of his wake do i need to change my throttle decel to get the thing to turn a little better do i need to slow roll a little bit later i need to move my apex around 
10 feet to get better forward drive. Like you're consciously thinking about those things while you're subconsciously driving the car to the maximum grip it's given you. So all of that is factored into if you are thinking about more things and subconsciously doing less things, I feel like that doesn't allow you just to go send it and drive the out of it. And you see some guys come, you know, Carson Hosovar is a great example where he's doing a great job in that 42. He doesn't know what he doesn't know. He's just yeah. freaking sending that thing. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. know about data, doesn't know nothing. Yep. And it's working. Had, it's working, right? But I think there is certain things that you start learning and you take it in consideration that gives you more of a, a risk evaluation simultaneously. So um, I don't know. And sometimes I don't take my own advice. Obviously, you see, you've heard me diagnose my own back in the fence moment. Uh, of this past week. So I need to heed what I say. Do as I say, not as I do. Yes. May 6690. Now that Spire is increasing its assets, do you allow are you allowed to race more aggressively this week whereas in the past you said it wasn't worth tearing up your car? Uh so we talked about that in our our meeting today. Um we are in a very very tight points race between 22nd and where we're at in 26th. Um, maybe 27th and we can get to 22nd points if we execute. So we have talked every which way, every scenario you could possibly dream up. And it's all relative to that situation at the right time. It's very situational of how it plays out and fuel strategy and where you blend on a green flag stop. So them buying a charter and them doing all this stuff is not relative to how we're going to attack Talladega. Uh, we're going to attack Talladega to, with the intention to win, but with also the intention to try to have the best points day to make up mm. the gap on the guys running 22nd to 25th because the difference in the seven-car finishing seven, the 25th in owner's points is like six figures. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're trying to go for. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good stuff. Penny, for your thoughts, questions. Solid this week. They were, they were great questions. Keep sending those things in, guys, on, on X, formerly known as Twitter. Hashtag Penny for your thoughts, and we will get them, uh, break them down each and every week. Penny Stacker of the week. Had a couple of them, but I got a little present. We got a new addition. Let's go. To the Challenge Coin board. I didn't even get his name. Uh, he just, guy came Sunday morning. He goes, hey, that Challenge Coin board on, on your set, is that yours? I'm like, yes, sir, that's mine. I'm very proud of it because I love my Challenge Coins. And he gave me the old, like, handshake with the coin oh. in it. So it's the Warrant Officer Corpse. Chief Eagle Rising U.S. Army. Uh, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool challenge coin. So I'm excited to add Mr. No Name because he didn't even tell me his name. He, hand, oh. he shook my hand, gave me the coin, and made his way what off. A pro. So He's an anonymous donor. He's a coin dog is what he is. So let's <laughs> add this thing to the Love ching. it. Stacking coins. Good stuff. Let's go. That's very... It's very presidential challenge coin. It might be the best looking one on the board. There's a couple sweet ones there for sure. That one stands out though. That's nice. That is a nice one. Appreciate that. Appreciate everybody that sends me some challenge coins. We got room. Still got some room left. Yeah. So fire yours on over. Love to have it. So fire challenge coins, fire questions, fire over your likes, rate, and reviews, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, we appreciate it. We like hearing your feedback on the show. We're going to keep showing up and bring you the best content you can ask for. But with that being said, some of the best con Kurt Busch content you have ever heard in your entire life will live right here on Stacking Pennies Thursday. So you do not want to miss that entire interview. Shed a tear. Shed some stories you've never heard of. We got into all things Kurt Busch. It was a ton of fun. Uh, and then also spare change. We'll be airing on race day. So we've been having some fun with that too, giving you guys the hot 
stuff. Tune in to us next week and all the weeks. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for stacking pennies. Presented by Mumble One. <laughs>